I I could not get my AirPods to stay connected early, just before this. That's why I had to switch really? to these other headphones. They just would connect, and then I would go to open like QuickTime, and then disconnect. QuickTime would QuickTime would freeze. They would disconnect, and then QuickTime would say it can't because I just do like a test audio recording, and right. then it will be like, oh, I can't record, and then close out of itself. So That's I, so I, I weird. I, I'm pissed. It's so frustrating. And I turned off the um, oh, I'm sure. Uh, the automatic switching between devices. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It seems like the Mac was dropping it, and then my iPhone was pairing with it, even though it shouldn't do that. Yeah, I I think I have automatic switching off as well, and it just it off keeps phone? wanting to keep switching to it. Do you have to turn it off in like two places? I have I no clue. Uh, let's jump into settings. Where do you control it? I actually don't know. Me neither. Uh, do I have to connect the headphones to... to it? Let's see. I hope not. Sound and haptics. Change with buttons. Huh. I don't know. I don't know where it is on the iPhone. It must be somewhere. Let me search. Uh, automatic. Headphone accommodations. Uh, automatic downloads. Maybe handoff? Yeah, let me try handoff. No. I just looked. It's not there. I don't know where the setting is. Um. Yeah, I don't know either. I kind of wish Apple made a standalone, like, audio controlling application for all their headphone products. Um, And that's where you could update firmware, reset the device, reset firmware, um, be able to play around with EQ stuff. I mean, I'm just. I could see EQ, but firmware? No way. (laughs) Never in your life will you see that. that's that's hidden. Be, or just like EQ and then being able to manage what devices it's connected to so you could do that. Because I, I, I'll say that's probably my favorite feature about the Bose headphones and using the Bose application is I can um, I open it up and then I can trigger which device I want directly from that application. So I'll always have it connected to my iPhone and then I'll tell it to connect with my Mac or my iPad or my other Mac and it'll just automatically do that. See, the funny oh, thing so is... You, so you connect from the app that controls the headphones, not from the device that you're connecting it to? Yes. Because uh-huh. the max Bluetooth is just that much garbage. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. All right. Oh, and wait, the funny wait. thing is, I put it in pre-show as Bluetooth problems, dot, 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 again, and I didn't even think that was really going to happen, but I figured, you know, when are we not going to have Bluetooth problems? And lo and behold, I can see the future. Oh, it was it was under uh, the AirPod. You have to connect the AirPods under Bluetooth settings, right? And then hit the little the little I next to their name. Oh. And then it's connect to this iPhone mm-hmm. automatically when last connected to this iPhone. All right. Yeah, I have so that turned off. That's what I changed it to. I think I did it on my Mac, but I, I didn't do it on my, my phone. So maybe that'll solve some issues. But I'm Hopefully. I hate Bluetooth um so much. It's just so unreliable. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like I didn't have any complaints about it for a while. And then... All of a sudden, it just started like, to happen. And then it's gotten like worse, and worse, years, and worse I feel like yeah. I've just had so many... And the thing is, it's not like crazy issues with it, right? It's like just like random disconnects. Um, or like... It, like devices behaving erratically and then you turn them right. off and on and then it's fine again um mm-hmm. like weird stuff like that and i don't know if it's um the device i'm the the bluetooth peripheral or device itself the the mac in this case um i never have issues with my iphone i oh I yeah do, me neither um but that's mainly with handoff and i don't know if that's an issue with bluetooth or what technology that mm-hmm. it's using um but like between my and between my iPhone and my Mac, like when you use that other variant of handoff, many many things called handoff. Um, like when the little icon comes up in your dock when you have yeah. like messages or something open on your Mac, like that works fairly reliably for me. As does uh, the Apple Watch Bluetooth unlock. Mm-hmm. That works flawlessly. Yeah, but works my great. My peripherals unreliable garbage. as hell. Absolutely yeah. garbage. Um, I, I don't understand it. It's so inconsistent, um, it, whether it's an Apple product um, or a third-party product like uh, like Logitech. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't understand it at all. It's endlessly frustrating. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. 100% agree. But yeah, um, I don't have anything more to say about Bluetooth. I'm glad it's working at the moment. Yes. I, <laughs> I just I just hardwired everything and I'm not even trusting Bluetooth. I know. I Oh, I guess I could hardwire these headphones in over USB. Um Yeah. I should do that. That's a good solution cuz yeah, it does so many wonky things it's when you like split, so split the the input and output. I don't under I don't understand why it does it. But um alrighty. Hi, I am constantly freezing Alex Alfredo. Hi, I am a freshly cleaned out fountain pen ready to just scribble away. PK. What does that entail? I don't I don't own a fountain pen. Oh, um, so cleaning out okay, so I one of my fountain pens, the little uh cartridge that holds the ink, that broke, mm-hmm. so I couldn't refill it. And so I was like, hey, dad, you got any old fountain pens that I could use? And he was like, yeah, here's one. Um, I don't think he's touched it in several months. So it pretty much takes all this ink and it just gums it up. Mm. And so what you have to do is you have to soak it. But because this has like a wooden outer casing, I can't soak it for too long. And I've read online that if you soak it, then some of the metal that's kind of on the exterior through electrolysis will actually come off. So you have to like flush it with water over and over and over again so you fill it up with water then you like um so you rotate the nib so it pulls up liquid so it'll essentially pull up clean water through the nib and then you then just, uh rotate it the other way and then it uh ejects the water out and so you essentially keep doing that over and over and over again and so it like will just keep removing layers upon layers upon layers of dried ink so oh. it's a fun time um i have uh whenever i clean my fountain pens, I end up having a whole bunch of ink residue on my hands for several days on end. Um, yeah, it gives off that artistic vibe. <laughs> huh, but, I mean, that makes sense. So it's what the ink just dehydrates. It's kind of a Yeah, it just dehydrates it just and then it just gums up. Yeah, it's like, mm. um, you know, the Copic markers when the water 
or the alcohol evaporates, so you're just kind of left with this really gummy, highly concentrated version of the uh, the ink. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Okay, that makes sense. Huh. But welcome to Red Eye Design, a show where we take side uh, what is it? Uh, sidetracks. We sidetrack on fountain pens. But we sorry, a show where we share our views. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A show where we share our views on design and its role in our daily lives. So fun little thing that we do, good stuff, um, and yeah, shall we jump into some follow-up? Also, why are you cold? You're in California. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to this. Uh, oh, well, the, the freezing was working on two levels because uh, my computer has been freezing basically the whole week for different ah, reasons. Okay. And it, that's you made a duplo entendre. And then it, it's actually been cold here. Um, like It's been getting down to the 40s and it got down into the 30s. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't like have heating on like normally at all. So like, especially in the morning, I'll wake up and it'll be pretty cold in here. Uh, and then I turned on our heater this morning and because we haven't used it, uh, I set off the fire alarm because all the dust started burning up yep. <laughs> in the in the heater. Must have been a so, fun so time. that was fun uh, waking Lewis up at like nine, nine. Um, <laughs> but um yeah, so that's that's kind of why I'm always cold. Uh, so welcome to being the on the heater. East Coast. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I mean it's like a Philly like Philly winter, I would say like in the Philly morning. early winter. I'm not gonna lie, today it was a balmy 10 degrees after oh, wind chill. That's, it was cold. That's pretty cold for Philly. Like it was windy. It was cold. I had to I had to tack in order to essentially walk against the wind. Oh god, I don't miss that. All the all the like wind tunnels when you like turn a corner, and you just get slammed. Or the worst is when you're walking on the bridge, degrees. right? And then you're walking on the bridge, and then the problem is it's just like wind slams you from the right hand side, wind slams you from the left hand side, bus drives by, so that's gonna push you from the back. But then wind's coming from the front, and all of a sudden you have made no progress walking anywhere, and you're like, how the fuck did ships do it back in the day? I really don't know. And then so you take out your big coat, and you're kind of like wafting it in the wind, and you're like, catch something. Let's go. I'm tacking. I'm tacking. I'm dead. You just throw it out like a sail. It's yeah, exactly. You grab, a sa- you grab a skateboard, and you just go to town. Ooh, that would be fun. I mean, that's a thing, right? I'm pretty sure you, it's like... Uh... Well, I'm sure someone's come up with it before. Yeah, it's almost like what? Like... What is it called? Par- is it parasailing? Is that what I'm thinking? Uh, yeah, I think so. But on a skateboard like a... instead of a surfboard? I don't know what it is on a skateboard, but I'm sure you could do it on a skateboard. You just have a lot less control over which way you're really going to go. I feel like the ocean's kind of nice, right? Because you're not going to run into traffic at any point. If the True. wind like pushes you one way accidentally, it's not like, oh, step the bus. Yeah, yeah. No, you can also just fall into the water. Worst comes to worse. And you, yeah, you, and I wouldn't get to the Schuylkill water. It's more just kind of like toxic sludge at this point. It changes colors, my friend. <sighs> yeah, I know. I remember. It was it was good. All right to look at, but man, I would never want to be anywhere near that water. Uh, nope. <laughs> Zero out of ten do not recommend. Totally. Um, well, you got a new laptop. Uh, one I have, guess new... what I'm using to record on. Oh, mm-hmm. the web. Well, I was gonna say the webcam does look quite a bit mighty um, nice. It's all that image yeah. processing. It's just doing wonders. Exactly. It's just getting rid of all my uh, facial disparities by uh, you know blurring everything. Um, 
But yeah, so I'm, I've actually been using uh, the MacBook Air a little bit more aggressively. So um, we'll touch on this in our main topic about storage side of things um, and how I've kind of been transferring files. It's an interesting little conundrum. So what? But um, that being said, I strangely enough kind of missed the touch bar on my MacBook Air. And it's not always, it's really not always. I'm, I like the escape key. The only reason I miss the touch bar is I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and I don't want to pay $20 a month for YouTube premium red of Google play, right? Like whatever they call it. Um, and the really nice thing about having the touch bar is I can just tap at the end of the ad and it'll be over. So even if it's a 30 second ad that I have to watch because they have those every now and then I can just click and it's done and it'll just go to the next Literally. ad, click. And it's done. And I know Literally I can I can the, download the an App ad store. blocker. No, 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 no. Literally go to the Mac App Store, install AdGuard, and it literally, if there's an ad, it just displays white and you can just hit the skip on your computer. That's it. You don't have to scrub and fiddle around. It's like super straightforward. Um I would argue easier than looking down at your keyboard, breaching your finger out oh, and scrubber, and then bring uh ad guard i'm sorry ad guard for safari yeah yeah ad guard for safari yeah mm -hmm. yep okay i will download that after it's free it's open anything. source um i downloaded hush recently oh yeah i saw that i, I don't know what it does but i, I try to be i try to be conservative with my extensions um for i mean a couple of reasons like i want to know where who the developers are and all that stuff but yeah. also just like i find too much too many extensions breaks too many things and it's too much bloat and then all of a sudden your browser not only has to do the web page stuff but it's um, also got to handle well that's kind of the old stuff. way of ad blocking the new way of ad blocking is much more efficient than the old way of ad blocking oh okay um, the new way kind of blocks it before the content even gets to you um mm. where i think some of the older ways like they would the ad would still be served to you, but then it just wouldn't be rendered on the page. I, I want to say. Oh, um, okay. So it, it they have gotten way more efficient. I, I know that for a fact. I don't know entirely how, but um, yeah, it's not as much of a concern as it used to be from my understanding. Um, so. Interesting. Um, but. All right. So problem wait, no, one, no, no, but number one solved. <laughs> problem number one solved. Okay. Yes. So we'll see problem one number one has been solved. The other thing I miss about the MacBook, the touch bar, is I was filling out a couple forms this weekend and I could just tap on my touch bar to autofill and for some reason I wasn't getting the drop down to autofill like my first name, my last name, and my email. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't see all the options that I had. So especially for addresses, it somehow remembers two or three of them. So I can choose which one I want to add, but I can't do that without the touch bar. So I think... I don't know if there's a workaround for that, but that was kind of one of those scenarios where I was like, I wish I had this because it. I have a long name. It's really mm -hmm. annoying to write out nine letters. You know what you Most, could do? What? I, it's not a direct replacement, but you could just create a text shortcut for your last name and like within oh. system preferences. Yeah, I don't know. You could do like at, I don't know, K something, some combination, and then it will just expand to your, your last name. Uh, mm -hmm. or do your full name like i do that with my email i have um mine is e-m-a-h 
And so it's email and then Alex Huffaker. So AH, and then it just auto expands my full email address, um, which is really I like nice. that. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's a solution. I, I get what you mean though. Like there are, sometimes there are little things when I'm not using my laptop in clamshell mode um, that I, I do enjoy about it. It's not often, but when no. it's there, it's nice. Um, but I would say most of the time I'm just annoyed um, that I have to like take myself out of what I'm doing. Like say I want to adjust the volume, something very mm-hmm. simple, right? Take totally remove myself from what I'm doing on screen, look down, go either hit the function key and figure out where the volume key is because now I got to remember the layout and, yep. or go hit the, the little thing to expand it, to hit the volume, to slide on the thing. And it's just like too many steps for all those basic operations. And that's what's frustrating about it. Like I, the touch bar would be so much better if it was just a series of static keycaps uh, with OLED displays adjust, in them. Yeah. It'd be so much more interesting because then you could you could assign certain keys to be static and have a bit mm-hmm. more control over it. And I mean, I guess there's nothing saying they couldn't just do that with the current version, but to be honest, it seems like it's never going anywhere. Um, right. It's never rolled out to any other products. It's only, redu- I think, been pulled back from certain products. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, so I think so. I don't think it's too long for this world. Um, yeah, because like usually, Which is fair. like if they introduce a technology, it eventually makes this all other stuff. Like Touch ID is made its way through the full line and has even been phased mm-hmm. out and kind of brought back in and is up in the air. But it's on every product line. Um, I mean, right. except Apple Watch, but it doesn't make sense yeah, there. That's um, okay. But like that technology. You, you can tell it's promising and it works well and the touch ball just, it just doesn't hit home. And yeah, they've never done it, anything more with it. Right. It just kind of, it happened and then it died. Which, again, so I don't want to go into a huge touch bar thing. There are rumors that it's going to drop for the next series of MacBook Pros. We'll see it when we see it. Bye-bye. But um, I think that's really compelling. I, I, at the end of the day, would rather the function keys over these two, really one now edge case scenario. Um and that was really the only instance where I missed the, the touch bar. Um, and the other thing I do want to touch on with the new laptop is 16 gigs is great, but as a designer or somebody who's running multiple large applications at the same time, I ran into RAM limitations very quickly. Um, I was running Photoshop Figma and in InDesign, so I was doing some portfolio work and it was a little bit of an edge case scenario, but everything ran really slow while I was doing all of that. Um, and I think my swap was around 9 or 10 gigs when I was doing that. So I was using the full 16. You definitely could have and used... Some. So 32. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think 32 is definitely the sweet spot for, I think, at minimum for, I think, a lot of designers. But um, yeah, definitely running to, into RAM limitations. But if you're not using this as a big primary work driver especially for design applications i mean even you if you good. are like you it you may not have like it's all gonna of be more of an edge case open all the yeah. time uh, um, like you, i mean you may just be working in like figma and illustrator like not but, necessarily have like the whole adobe suite open no i agree but what i'll what i'll say is the really nice thing about the big laptop that i have the the macbook pro is i can just have these applications running in the background because i know i have the bandwidth 
and I'm not. I can just swap. Oh, you're one of those. You keep you keep it all open all the time. Is that what you're no, telling me? No, 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 no. So when I'm at work, I keep a lot of things open all the time. So I'll open up Teams. I'll open up Outlook. I'll keep Figma open. I'll open up Slack. I'll open up my newsreader. Um, and then I think that's pretty much it. And then a whole bunch of tabs on Safari. Occasionally have Mail open, depending on my mood. We'll need to run Chrome for a lot of the work that we do. And... I'll have Obsidian open because that's also where I take a lot of my notes. So at the end of the day, there are a whole bunch of applications that I'll just have up and running. And I don't want to have to keep closing Slack and then reopening Slack because I know if I close Slack, I'm not going to reopen it for the rest of the day. So I need to open it. So that way, if I do get pinged by a client or a teammate, I actually do the work that I need to do. Because if I close it, I'm never going to see the, see the message. And, oh and behold, I'm just going to never get the work done, I'm going to get in trouble, and then I'll get fired, and then I won't be able to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> yes, I got traumatic. No, but. I mean, that, that makes sense, though. Um, especially when you have all the other apps open. I don't right. just I keep Photoshop and InDesign casually. I was going to say, so that's what I, I thought you meant. I don't do that. <laughs> I do not do that. That is not the type of person I am. Like, if I'm done using Photoshop, I close off Photoshop. But if I know I'm going to need it in, like, 10 minutes after I'm done with this section... I'll keep Photoshop open, and that way I can just open up the files, drop it in there, get what I need to do, and if I'm done, then I'll, cl I'll actually command Q out of it. But if I know I need to consistently use it on and off, I'll just keep it open in the background. That's Which isn't amazing. bad, especially if it's going to drop into the swap piece. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not using it, that's okay. But, yeah. I'm just looking at my memory now. It is amazing how much of my memory is taken up by web pages in Safari. Like a ridiculous amount, like multiple gigabytes of memory for how many tabs do I have open? Three, That's mildly six, wild. Nine, twelve. Twelve tabs open. Oh. Yeah, I Notion is uh high on that list. At least for me. Uh yeah. I'm using all of my RAM, BT dubs. It's, it's two hundred megabytes for me. Yeah, it's two fifty for me. Uh, I have Squarespace open and it's 600. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Squarespace yeah. is a whole beast in of itself. Well, yeah, that's, that's different. That, that makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I'm sitting at 36 gigs right now. Uh, to be fair, I don't know what all 36 gigs is because it doesn't, what's here is not add up to 36 gigs. I can tell you that. Uh, Maybe it's other system processes, but yeah, yeah I, I really know. don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can't wait. We kind of knew that these new the new laptops yeah. and when they add more RAM and all that stuff. Um, but I I mean I think for most people, I can't imagine they would. Sixteen is great. Anything well, anything more than the the base MacBook Air or the the MacBook Pro even like the processor and just the sixteen gigs of RAM and the SSD like that will cover. I feel like most workflows on the market certainly any business workflow um only as you said when you get into more of the creative uh applications 3d rendering all that stuff you're you're definitely gonna hit uh right limits but 100 percent, yeah hmm. so are those like your two your two big things with it uh at the moment and obviously the online storage which we'll touch on but mm -hmm. honestly other than that um i do enjoy the larger size of the macbook pro when it comes to just having screen real estate but 
if I'm not looking at the MacBook Pro, I think the MacBook Air is actually really nice. I, I, I don't long for it, but when I see the bigger screen, I'm like, oh, right, that's a better world. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really the only issues. I mean, ports, I'm using both of them right now, so I would feel hesitant to do anything too super serious on this, but otherwise it's it's a brilliant machine it's great for calls because i don't have a fan so you're never going to hear fan noise which is amazing um the camera quality is awesome its ability to run intel apps is phenomenal so i've got no no qualms there i think the only thing i still need to really test is uh wacom compatibility make sure it uses that oh yeah because you need to install drivers right for that or no does it mm, need to be no it usually it comes with drivers yeah Huh, okay. I mean, but I'll yeah, double check. probably work. Um, yeah. Have no, that's really with... it. At this point, I just need to make the appointment to, to get my other one fixed. Have you played with display scaling at all on that? Like, to I give yourself not, more no. real estate? No. What do, what do those Should run I... at? I don't even know what they run at anymore. Uh, so it's currently default uh 1440 by 900 so pretty much the default figma frames that we use so a full screenshot of this is going to be 1440 by 900 which is pretty much the entire figma frame which is just a that's the old 15 inch size uh no the 15 yeah. inch is i think 1680 by 1050 no the the 15 inch was a doubled they took 1440 by 900 and doubled it for retina let me double check and then the 16 inch might be, they might have changed things. I'm pretty sure they changed things for that, but. Okay, see, it's at this moment where the 15 inch feels massive. Oh yeah. Gosh, oh my God. My apologies for all the background noises. <laughs> I'm looking, oh, I'm on my. Yeah, so this is, the default is 1680 by 1050. Yeah, but I'm 15. pretty sure that's scaled. It's not native. Is what I was getting. Oh at. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the the MacBook Air, its native is twenty five sixty by sixteen hundred, which is double um, twelve. Was it twelve eighty by eight hundred? That may, yeah, twelve eighty by eight hundred. So that's doubling it there, and then the MacBook. Pro would be 2880, so it's a little bit, it's higher resolution, or at least the the 15 inch is higher. Resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, either way, I, I might play around with the display settings once I get this bad boy in the shop. Um, but until then, it's good. I like it. I dig it. I, I don't have too many other issues with it. Would I see this as my daily driver forever? Probably not. Um, we'll see what the new 16 inch looks like with the new M1 chip. And if it's really compelling, then I might go trade in two laptops for one. Hmm. I just realized I have, I have a, a MacBook Air literally sitting in my shopping bag for some reason. <laughs> On are you, are you, are you doing what I, you think, what I think you're going to do? No, no, I, I really don't need it. Um, I think you might've been looking at shipping times. Uh... Oh, no, I think I was just playing around with configuration more than anything. Um, Fair. But I, I was toying around with replacing Lewis's computers with one. 
Um, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen for the moment. So no. Well, cool, dude. Well, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, on some main topics. Yeah. So I threw this one in based on our uh, Twitter back and forth that we had for mm-hmm. once the the one back and the singular fourth that we had i just so um, happened to see it this morning when i signed up yeah that, that was actually really well timed i responded to it um i think tesla did an interior design refresh recently so they, they refreshed the whole model s they announced it like yesterday or something like oh like did they refresh the exterior um maybe Not slightly really. i didn't really look i to be honest i kind of hate their exteriors they're just like really yeah, plain and uninspired to me um i see the model threes yeah. here all the time and they are easily like the i just uh, don't like their aesthetic. i don't know i, don't like the, I model feel like 3. A, the model y just looks like a bloated model three yeah they look very bloated and they just mm-hmm. don't look refined to me at all and the the way the grills are i'm not a fan of them i i like the model x that's probably my favorite really i hate the model x really i hate i hate the trend that i'm mild rant here but i hate the trend that automakers are heading of making these quote-unquote sporty suvs because i'm sorry i cannot fit in the rear seats of a sporty suv i i can't fit in it like a model x maybe but i I genuinely prefer to sit in the front because it gets claustrophobic especially towards the back um, and then a BMW X4, I can't sit in those. Um, like my hair is grazing the roof and that's not fun. And I just, it literally, okay, I'm sorry. I'm ranting here, but it also literally ruins the functionality of the trunk. Like you lose so much trunk space. Like oh, you cause can't, it's so sloped. Yeah. It slopes everything down and I get, you're trying to make these fast cars, but if you want a fast car, just get a fast car. Stop trying to make this massive SUV seem really sporty and fast when it's not that's not what it's designed for. I mean, yeah, but I, I guess in the same way, like, I, I don't think you're the target. The target for those cars, I, I would imagine, is like... like Literally the entire parents, United States. No, pa- the entire yeah, United like, States. Well... Not just well, parents, like young wait, adults. Wait, let me, let me finish. Sorry. <laughs> parents or young adults without, with like small children in the back or no one in the backseat that like okay. aren't, are only getting an SUV because... It's has a little bit more room than a car and you sit higher up. That's why I would get one over a car. Um, even if the trunk space is small, that's like the big driving thing, right? Like you're, you're sitting higher up than a, a sedan and you have yeah. a bit more flexibility to coll- maybe collapse the row or do something like that to, to give yourself some more space. But like, I, I don't know. I mean, I no, get your I, point, though, because I remember I, sitting in the, was it the Range Rover Evoque, I think, is yeah. one of those, and mm-hmm. I do remember that, but the the one nice piece was that they used so much glass um, in the roof and everything, it really removed a lot of the claustrophobia, um, and right. it was really cool, um, but I, I, I don't know how safe having glass covering everything is. I, I mean, ultimately, the, the the chassis needs to absorb any sort of stuff, right? But I think, kind of, uh, again, I apologize for ranting and cutting you <laughs> off, but I think um, the other thing that I think is really fascinating is just like, like you mentioned, like, why are people so interested in sitting higher up? Because if I'm sitting higher up and I'm driving faster, I actually find that to be less comforting. 
especially if I'm on like a highway and I'm you know going like 70 miles per hour around a, a turn or a, a curve, I generally find more comfort in being in a sedan because I know everything's lower weighted. So I know that if I do take a curve, like everything does sit pretty, or like a lower I center of gravity. I can tell you gravity. why. What? It's, it's just all about visibility. All about visibility. Getting around parking lots with bushes and you can't see around the bushes if a car is oncoming or you can't see past the other SUVs because they're higher than you. So it's hard to, to know if like cars are coming, if you're like turning into traffic or something like that. Um, and I, I think the, the subcompact SUVs are kind of a compromise to your point um, with, with, especially with larger SUVs. Uh, my friend had uh, a Mercedes, like a GL, like 450, like the big SUVs. Yeah, that's, that's what my those, parents have. It's... Those lower themselves on the highways because they're so yeah. high. They have like a whole system to detect when they're going. Oh, it's amazing. Speed. It's beautiful. And the, okay, so I will say the downside of them lowering themselves on the highway is it's really hard to know how fast you're going because you sit so high up. 60 miles per hour in a car feels like 60 miles per hour. But in an SUV, 100 miles per hour feels like 60 miles per hour. So all of a sudden, I feel like I'm speeding. But that's a me problem. Hmm. But the main point I'm trying to make with the Tesla thing is they added a yoke for the steering wheel. And I and I understand the whole shift towards like the touchscreens. I'm not even going to fight that anymore. I get it. A lot of automakers are do that. But I think the yoke is a very interesting approach. And I know you said you really like it, like the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think of it from like a user's perspective. And I, I forget who was mentioning it, but like doing a three-point turn with a yoke. And well, I don't see how that's going to work. I, 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 I guess two things. Well, we, we've seen this trend before, especially in cars from like the 80s that were playing around yeah. a bunch with the steering wheel styles and all that. So mm-hmm. it, it's... Just coming back around again. I guess my perspective on it and my take is that they're de-emphasizing the steering wheel on purpose because they're pushing autopilot, which uh... it would be my main guess. So it's taking up less space. Um, it's less of a focal point. They've shifted the focus to the display, which thank God they changed the orientation instead of just slapping a big vertical touchscreen yeah. into the dash. It actually like looks integrated nicely now. Um, I hated that before. It looks like they just ripped out the old control system uh, from like every other car and just put it like a 17-inch display on top of it. It, Bizarre. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my take is that they're de-emphasizing the steering wheel. And then also kind of like it seems like I don't know who's driving the design, but if Elon, I would assume he has input, he seems to like hence Cybertruck, that very callback to 80s style aesthetic and cars. You have the yeah. golden doors. A lot of their their features call back to those like unique kind of trendier portions of car design. Back in the 80s when they away. were thinking about what the futures could be, yeah. Yeah. So no, that, I, okay, that's my I sense of I think that's a it. fair point. Yeah, and I, I, it kind of makes sense with the direction that they did, like having the, the landscape-oriented screen of... Now it looks like you can watch TV on it. They added a little thing for the passengers in the back. I think it makes sense. It's a game console. It's... Did you see that? Like a full game no. console. They they basically really? I, uh, apparently it's almost as powerful as the new PlayStation and Xbox uh, in terms of like, GPU dead. power. Which which I mean that's amazing. I I would imagine it's more of a nice side effect in that the GPU is there for 
other car functions like machine learning mm-hmm. and doing stuff yeah. like that. But then they that they can leverage it when the car is parked and if your kids are playing a game or something like that in there. I mean, yeah, you need 30 minutes to kill. I, I don't think that they set out to... I mean, I don't know their intention, but I don't think that they set out to include a full game console in the car. I'm sure right. that it was just a... Just a pleasant side effect. And Yeah, nice use of resources when they're not being used uh, during driving. So... Um, yeah, I, I just don't like Tesla that much. Um, I, I like what they've pioneered, but I really just don't like any of the cars. Um, I, I want to like them too. Like they're, they're so cool. Um, and I like a lot of their other, like their other products and like what they do. Um, and a lot of other, of Elon's other ventures like SpaceX and, uh, uh, I don't love the boring company, to be honest. I have <laughs> <That's it. laughs> some issues with that. But like the Tesla power banks and like using the batteries yeah. for the power grids. And then um, he has like a solar a solar company. Is it like Blue I think Wings that morphed into, like that? that merged with Tesla. Oh, it solar did? Solar City. Yeah, yeah, Solar City. Yeah. And then the, the solar tiles that they've developed that were, are really That's sick looking. Cool. Like there's a lot of great products, but the cars I just think are but ugly. Like... They just don't do it for me. They just look like a, they look like a clay model of a car that like someone forgot to like further define the lines and like add detail and character to the body, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like if you look no, at like, uh, if you take like a, let's say a, a Model S and put it next to, I don't know, what would be like the Audi equivalent? Um, an A7. Yeah, like an A7 or, or A6, something like that. Like vastly different way more personality way more intriguing um way better lines way be- way better profile the tesla almost looks like clunky in my opinion uh yeah. in comparison especially to the the german designs but even though some of the like the korean car makers like they've really Kids stepped up their design awesome yeah um but yeah but yeah i, 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 I want to try the steering wheel to be honest like i We've, we've been over this. I, I don't have my license at the moment, but um, I, I'd be curious to try like driving with it. Um, and to your point, performing yeah. turns and stuff like that. Maybe it has like a mode or maybe it has like a, maybe it's more sensitive. So like if you do it like this, the, the wheels are all the way cut. You know what I mean? Right. Or like increases I, I, sensitivity. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it goes, it goes all the way, but I... I can sort of see that working, but then I'm also like, not everybody is a, a race car driver. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm trying to imagine, like, I get it. The youthful tech folk are definitely going to adapt to this. They're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. But to really make this more mainstream, how is this going to scale down to y- your mom or my mom? Like do the mom test on it. Oh no, 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 no. It, right. I don't think, and I don't think they'll do that. I think that's a little bit a part of their issue actually. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like like GM comes in, BMW comes in, uh, Audi, VW, all all the German automakers. Um, yeah, and really Porsche. everyone else I think will come in. And I think Tesla will be. They're definitely the pioneer, but I don't know. I don't see them as a market leader. Besides that, they were like. The first major the, other player. than the autonomous driving and really moving the battery market but even there like i don't know i have issues with how they've marketed it and 
and sell auto, like autopilot, right? Like even just the yeah. naming of it, right? Like what does autopilot imply? Like really, you're going to call a system that can't fully drive the car autopilot? Everyone knows, like has a concept yeah. of a plane flying itself as autopilot, even though like that's not entirely how it works. But for the most part, when the plane's in the air, I mean, even landing, it's doing a lot of the work by itself. And that is just... yeah. But there's a lot less variables than driving on roads, dealing with pedestrians, crappy uh, lines, uh, fading over time, potholes, cat running across, like all that stuff is so unpredictable. Um, Dirt roads, dust getting kicked up on the sensors, stuff like that. Like exactly, so challenging. Um, And I, I don't know. I it feels a little boy cried wolf. Um, I didn't. I didn't mean to turn this into a Tesla rant because I. I do like. No, it's okay because I like turned I said, it into a car rant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just feel like they're they're overselling themselves in a lot of ways, and I feel like it actually ruined. Uh, it, it spoils people's people's perception and makes them less trusting of technologies when they actually yeah. can perform a lot better. Um, but but the cool thing about that program is it's been transparent and they they're the only ones like really rolling out a lot of those features and up, making like serious software Sick. upgrades on previous hardware to add on to it. I think to your point, they're they're one of the few car companies, if not the only car company, that genuinely supports like a whole bunch of models going back, which is really cool. Like you mm-hmm. can buy an old Tesla and it will have the exact same functionality, far far more battery degradation, but the exact same functionality as a modern day Tesla. And I think, to, you know, of all the things that Tesla has done, that's probably one of the best things that they've done is just that long-term continuous support of autonomous driving and getting it out there. I think to your point, they did oversell. That kind of is the Elon Musk way to oversell and then that sort of accelerates everybody's work to try and catch them up to speed. Um, but kind of going back to like the whole steering wheel piece, until Tesla can genuinely be autonomous, I think it's really misleading to put that kind of a steering wheel in there. Like it's not, it's it's not able to be a fully functioning autonomous vehicle. It's close. Yep. But I don't think we're there yet. And I think you still need to give the driver that ability to say, grab the steering wheel. And if and, and where do people people normally grab the steering wheel at like 10 and 2? And I can't even do that with this right now. It's mostly 9 and 3 sort of a situation, which is fine. But I think they may have de-emphasized it a little bit too much. Just my own personal opinion. Again, I haven't driven it. I don't know how phenomenal Tesla's auto driving ability is. I'm sure it's better than we're well it's great it on the to highways be, I still think. so i right. think like if you were driving on the highway and just chilling there for a while like that makes sense and great i i get why they're doing it but again it just doesn't feel right to me like it, it feels a bit disingenuous doesn't feel honest to de-emphasize such a, a core component of a car that you still need <laughs> quite a bit um i mean I guess their argument would say, well, you know, if you're doing parallel parking or anything like that, the car will park itself. And to be fair, that's been around for quite a long time and it works pretty well. Um, So, okay, fair. Um, U-turns, K-turns, all right, a bit more reasonable, but you could argue that's a less common operation that drivers make. So the pain point's worth it. And then... Uh, what other 
time would you like really uh, like a with? three point turn where you're in a small area it's really more edge case scenarios where you need to have that circular mm-hmm. steering wheel but i feel like it's one of those environments where you're never doing a three i, I guess in my experience you're never really doing a three-point turn in a stress-free environment right like you're trying to rush somewhere you're running late you made the wrong damn turn and you're in some like weird neighborhood or something right so you want to execute that turn as quickly as possible and so having that circular wheel flat palming it and rotating it around makes it really easy to do that Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden you're taking something that's really intuitive and i don't know if it's necessarily expanding upon that in a positive way Hmm. and that's one of those scenarios that um, again, I would, l- I can't wait for those first reviews and for, you know, a YouTuber to just be like, so here I am in a really tight spot, uh, in a dead end. How can I do a three point turn? I wonder if, and maybe it's a button push, but if still. in the examples, if, well, in the example that you just said, like if you would, instead of kind of grab, grabbing the top or the side, right, you would grab kind of the bottom and then you could like palm it that way. Um, since you have maybe. that, it's cause it's really just like it's a still half connected, circle. Yeah um yeah it's like a bottom of a square yeah i don't know i think it's intriguing um i i still have an issue with it but i i do understand i mean even as we've been just kind of talking through this uh like the trade-off a little bit more so yeah uh, like you said i'll be really curious to see the reviews um doesn't make me want to buy one anymore even if the steering wheel was very well received i just I just wouldn't do it. I would go to so many other car companies before I would go and get one. If I had the money, be a Porsche Taycan. I think I would get, what would I get? I would, well, I would totally get an electric car. Um, And it would probably be, probably like the Audi uh, e-tron SUV. Yeah, yeah. Kind of subcompact SUV. I don't think they're available in the US yet. I could be wrong. Um, No, they are. They are? I've seen I've seen a couple in Philly, yeah. I've the never E-trons seen them here. And like I've seen I one see or two so many Philly. electric cars all the time, but I've never seen the E-tron. But they're mostly Teslas, right? I I see literally every type of electric car. I've never Oh, I don't really see Nissan Leafs that much here. Um I, yeah. I mainly see a lot of I'll see the BMW i3 and i8. I see a lot of i3s, like a ton. Like I could go out and probably see maybe five just walking like 10 minutes to the grocery store like there's that many damn um and then i see a lot of teslas to your point um maybe maybe like a nissan leaf every once in a while a chevy volt or bolt i'll see those Mm -hmm. every so often uh i'll see like a honda one like in a blue moon I'll see that, but I've never seen an Audi one. Ooh. Never ever. No, there, I, there's, there's, there's an Audi in Rittenhouse somewhere. But the, yeah, the e-tron is available. I think it started maybe well, they a year look, or two ago. Like, I mean, they kind of look like traditional Audis, so maybe that's why I haven't really. Yeah. Noticed. I'm gonna I don't, now. Yeah, I'm they, gonna they, be they, very aware now. On I the look, see. yeah. Because I think I think Audis, the e-trons, they were having a similar. Um, styling i think when they first came out to that the bmw i8 with the blue and the black and the white yeah and a very similar styling color and that's the one that i saw and that's how i knew it wasn't uh an e-tron but otherwise they generally look pretty similar i have not seen a porsche taycan yet which i'm kind of sad about 
and I might have. Yeah, I, a lot I of, don't know. I see a lot of random high-end cars. Plenty of Rolls Royces, yeah. plenty of Bentleys, uh, plenty of like Mercedes, like the G wagons and all that stuff. Um, yeah, and then I'll, I'll see like some Ferraris. Too. I saw a Ferrari like F forty or f50 really the other day the old school ones yeah yeah it was so cool i used to have like a little model car of that when i was younger and i was like wow Uh that's i've never seen one in person so it was it was pretty cool to see that rarities Um, yeah but huh now now you have me looking at audi e-trons audi's audi e-trons are nice they obviously audi being a german automaker definitely premium product but definitely gonna be nice um they start at 66. But Volvo has now started to make a hybrid. Oh, I um, would get a I would get a Volvo. That's what I would Volvos get. Volvos are good. Yeah, and I think they are making an all electric. I I want to double check that, but I think Volvo is either this year or next year going to make a uh, an all electric. Oh man. Volvo Recharge introducing our new line of pure electric and plug-in hybrid cars. Yeah, I Volvo. Volvos are beautiful. I really do love it. It's just like they're they're like, very they, much got... um like they very much embody that like uh, Nordic aesthetic and like minimalism in the same way that some of the Japanese cars do, but in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, they're much more austere. Whenever I'm in them, like they feel like very like. Uh, almost a little cold, I would say. Yeah. Um, which is maybe my only complaint about Volvos, but I love their exterior styling. Ah, uh, I think it's like it's really nice. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, the plug-in hybrids really good. Like the XC40, I think that'd be like the nice mm. sweet spot between a like uh, one of those cars that you can see out of, but also. Not super big, so you can't park it anywhere. There's a bunch of Volvos in our area. Like, a lot of young adults really like their styling. And I think given their new, uh, like, yearly-long membership thing that they have, makes it so much easier to just own and just keep getting your model upgraded after a year. Oh, wow. I would I would buy this XC40, the electric version, a heartbeat. I'm just looking at it right now. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. Beautiful car. So cool. It's already here. It says summer twenty twenty. Yeah, it's been here. Yeah. What? See now, I got now. I have to look out for it. I didn't, didn't even know to look yeah. out for it. Now you got to save up. I for feel it. like That's electric cars really have always do. been like a few years off coming to the market, like mainstream. You know what I mean? Like they were supposed to in be the U.S. 2020, especially twenty twenty one or twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. It's like the BMWs was like the first like big entry for, in the market. Yeah. From. Uh, Definitely from a general Europe. automaker, but I mean, besides Tesla here, I mean, well, the Nissan Leaf, but I, I that thing is just so goofy looking. That thing's and I the Prius, yeah. I can't take it yeah. seriously. Um, it the just Prius looks so is way weird. better than the the Leaf. It's very like, uh, <laughs> it's very like alien looking, kind of like bulbous and alien looking. He, so you remember how back in the day when like being pro climate was very like you're going to have to give up a certain aesthetic. No one really likes the way you look. Mm-hmm. Like you felt very like no socks. I mean, that's and always only like, wearing sandals like how and... those things work, right? Like you have a, you have right. a niche culture and then it goes mainstream and then you get 
tons of difference and availability and all that stuff. Exactly. And it feels like the Leaf was designed for that niche culture ages ago, and mm-hmm. they just never caught up to the mainstream in yeah. any way, shape, or form. I wonder what the new one looks like. I think it's a little bit better. I, I don't I know how this turned exactly into a car podcast, but... Um, I mean, uh, that's actually on me. I'm really sorry because I saw Marquez or MKBHD tweeted about it this morning. Elon Musk (laughs) tweeted about it. I retweeted it and I was just like, I don't know about that steering wheel. You commented and I was like, ooh, this could be something we could talk about. And I figured this would be like a five minute thing and then we could actually switch over to our real, real, (laughs) you know thing but um alas all right all right we'll switch off the the new leaf it, it looks better um i still don't love it but it's not nearly as weird looking as the old one um it's still wonky but yeah, yeah it's still it's you got to get the big wheels. proportions on it i don't totally understand it's too top heavy the wheels are too small yeah <laughs> that's what it is yeah. it looks like it's just gonna roll over <laughs> I mean, why would i buy it? why would i would get a tesla over this it starts at 30, 32000 I think the Yeah, t- and a Tesla is $3,000 more. Thirty-five, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would but get I the think Tesla. that's after a tax cut. So if you actually put in the tax, not but without I, the tax cuts. I would guess these are after tax cuts too. They're electric cars. They yeah. probably qualify for the same. Uh, yeah, $7,500 in credits. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's the thing. See incentives. Man. Okay, I gotta stop looking at cars. You're gonna make me buy a car when I can't afford it. <laughs> I've looked at it so many I'm, times. I'm gonna... It's so dangerous. Like I've gone on Carvana and they have a bunch of like i3s on there, and I could literally. Uh-huh. I look. I've looked at it so many times that there was like I looked Ooh, down on a Saturday. I haven't looked at Carvana. And I turned to Lewis and I was like, Lewis, I could have this car here on Monday, and like I could buy insurance right now and get it all set up, and like it could be here on Monday. We could be done. That's be so dangerous. Um, oh my god! But I don't know. I still haven't pulled the trigger. Soon. Oh wow! They got okay. Not they bad. Hella inventory. Crazy inventory. I'm sure. Jeez, and the delivery turnaround is awesome. Okay, yep. I found a uh, 2014 i3 for only $13,600. I would not I would not get the 2014. That was the first model year and apparently had uh, some like initial mechanical issues uh, with yeah, like the sure. heater and stuff like that. I think the 2015 or 2016 fixed a lot of those issues um, from my understanding. So I think I'd get one of those, but um oh god yeah i could i really could buy one in a second i think uh if jared comes out again uh which i think he will in the next couple of months um we're gonna rent one when he comes so we can we can kind of drive it for the weekend and yeah and get used to it because i know it drives differently because it's electric and i think the braking is a little bit different because it's regenerative Mm -hmm. braking but um Oh God, so dangerous. I'm just saying, you can get a 2019 Volvo XC40. <laughs> not, yeah, but not for <laughs> the price of uh, of even, like the BMW or anything else. God, these are cheaper though. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's about 20k cheaper, 30% off. Oh, so dangerous, so dangerous. I really could do it. All right, all right. We need to get off of this. Let's talk about some <laughs> other things to spend money on, but not nearly as much. Um, so, well, who knows? 
Talk to me about your storage options, my friend. All right. So you brought up storage um, and some of your struggles as you were transitioning to the the MacBook Air and and dealing with iCloud, which is interesting. I've had uh, some 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 interesting uh, problems (laughs) moving to a new machine with iCloud before. Um, But I, I wanted to talk more about just like, and, and more curious than anything about your thoughts on just like local storage and having everything like, like I almost want everything on a NAS. Um, and I yeah. thought it's really overkill, but like I keep coming back to it. And I, there are just things like, I feel like more and more I want to archive stuff like web pages or videos or stuff that like, even if I think it's cool, I like, I know it's kind of digital pack rat. But I, I can't think of a reason, like, why I wouldn't do some of that stuff, especially when stuff gets taken down all the time or people, like, yeah. take down videos or you can't find resources or link rot is another one. That's, like, a really bad one. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I keep toying around with, like, getting, I don't know, some sort of NAS, probably, like, a, like a two-disc a Synology. Or something. Yeah. I used to really – do you remember Drobo? Yeah, no, like my old job used to have Drobo's. I hate Drobo. Um, appa- yeah, machine. apparently they have like a really kind of crappy reputation. Um, mm-hmm. Unlike Synology. But um, yeah, no, I was just looking at those and like storage is so cheap and you could run a whole redundant setup and have like eight terabytes or 16 terabytes of data, however much you want to spend on the drives. And it's like easy peasy. It's like a peasy. couple hundred dollars. Like you could probably do it under $400. I would think. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, why not? And then it's like my time machine backup. I have a full copy of everything. I don't have to worry about my computer. Like I can just s- make sure everything that's on my computer, I can, it's backed up there and synced over. So it's like fully downloaded. Same with my photos. And mm-hmm. I don't have to worry if the internet goes down or the service goes down as like, we've had a lot of major outages this past year um with yeah google it was google Microsoft. and then verizon oh, recently mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean it's like uh, it's not necessary in my mind but it feels like something that could save me a little bit maybe in the long run um mm-hmm. when i'm really in a pinch and i need it i mean kind of like like an on some level like an earthquake kit or like a met, like a first aid kit. Like yeah, but you have those less, things there. Uh, knifey kind of yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a little bit, I, I think it in our sense. So I completely agree with you on this because I Dropbox blows Google drive. Not, and great. I used to be again, so into Google that product. stuff, by the way, like I, I yeah. when Dropbox came out, I was like, Oh my God, this is the future. It works so well. It was so cool. And my only complaint, like, from way back in the day was the performance, and mm-hmm. it's just become more bloated, and, and you name it, and there's all sorts of issues with cloud syncing stuff. Um, iCloud Drive, as we can get into, is annoyingly um, opaque in, like, what's happening in the background, um, yep. so it's really hard to troubleshoot. <laughs> I'm and no, also, no idea with APFS, on. it's, like, a nightmare. Like, you, you just... Yeah, kind of have to give up on some level when when you have a major right. bug with it. Um, but yeah, back to you. 
Well, so I was going to say, so uh, Dropbox, not that great, and also stupidly expensive. Google Drive, cheaper, but again, it's a Google product, so all my hands are with the Google gods. And then iCloud, so I tried, I was going to try and keep everything on iCloud, and you kind of walked me through the process of how to move everything from my desktop and documents. So I did that, and it took like two weeks to upload everything because Comcast upload speed sucks, but when I did that, um, somehow I still have 100 gigs of local files, local documents on my MacBook Pro, but all of my other stuff, which is about 500 gigs, is also in iCloud Drive, so there's some duplication happening somewhere. Again, kind of to your point, it was just not transparent. I ran Daisy Disk and I Wait, wasn't getting anything. That was on your MacBook Pro, not your Air? Yeah. No, oh, it wasn't on my air. My I air it was on the is fine. Air. Uh, no, no, no. So my air is okay. The air is good. So it's the were you relying on showing. System Profiler? Is that where you were looking? I looked there, and then I looked in Daisy Disk, and it also said that I had no space, but I didn't know why. Huh. Oh, Actually, no. Daisy Disk, I was able to figure it out. There were a couple things that just like. Ariel threw on like uh, 45 gigs of videos on there. So I deleted all of those and I was able to clean out a whole bunch of things. And I was like, when did Ariel drop these videos in here? But okay. Um, yeah, it, it like, it sort of worked, but it just, again, to your point, it was just strangely opaque. And I didn't have a good sense of how things were going, what was moving where and when and why and how and at the end of the day, it worked. Like, it did the job that I needed to do. I have all my files on my MacBook Air. I've got all my files on my MacBook Pro. So that's great. But mm -hmm. I am hesitant with sticking with it. And it kind of goes back to your previous point about technology where they may be over-promising. And it's not able to do the things I want it to do. And then to kind of further extenuate that, right? Like, back in the day when you had you know material that you really really liked you would print it out cut it out slap it in a notebook put it on your bookshelf or you just have a whole bunch of books and that was kind of your reference material but as we kind of enter this digital day and age we're thrown so much information it's really hard for us to keep it in our heads and it's at times like this like that's why i like using obsidian because it's quote unquote like a wiki so I can just dump a whole bunch of information on there and a couple different files. Everything's located in one folder and then it just backs everything up, which is awesome. Um, and that's kind of like what you're talking about. But I kind of really like the idea of local storage. Kind of as these companies get bigger, as the web, I think, gets more bloated with a whole Whoa. bunch of products and a whole <laughs> bunch of services. What? No, I was just going to say, we're just going back to where we were before um, <laughs> more than anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, so, so, so that I, 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 but I think, I think just from a deeper perspective, I think there is going to be some of that, right? Like back in the day, everything was on-prem because that was like, oh my God, the thing to do. And now mm -hmm. we're swinging to the other direction, which is we're going to move everything to the cloud. Well, and I think for most companies, I think that makes sense. But I think for like, my dad has a he has a NAS, like he has his own network mm -hmm. access storage because he has a lot of pictures and he just needs to be able to access them really, really quickly. Well, to, and so for that sort of situation, it works. So, so kind of your point, I guess, I guess my suggestion is not to eliminate those cloud technologies, but just to locally 
have all of those files that are also in the yeah, cloud. Yeah, yeah. Because the benefits of syncing and, de- and like being able to access it from anywhere, of course, is and the re- additional redundancy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But um, like j- just having it all local, um, you you can't beat it, especially when you need it more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. Or like I don't know about you, like I absolutely cannot navigate Google Drive. I find it so goddamn confusing and it'll be like, Oh, your recent folders. And every time I go to look for a recent folder for a client and it's never there. And then I have to go under shared with me to go find this folder. And it's like Mm -hmm. really obscurely hidden. And I, I just do not understand how it organizes things. I, I don't know why I can never figure it out for whatever reason. Um, and like that stuff, like I avoid like the plague. iCloud Drive, I like its transparency. I wish it uploaded documents or, or sorry, not documents, yeah. downloads. Um, mm-hmm. Because like that's a key folder well, for me. you can. Just move it into iCloud Drive. Mm, yeah, or, but I want, wait, it, so you can I want it, it to go to my, can... my, use, my like user's download folder. I don't want to redirect it to... A download uh, folder I create in the documents folder in iCloud Drive, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I want like I wanted to do what it does with the desktop and the documents, where it just takes over those folders and enables them in iCloud. Um, and even I could argue the way that they they kind of the way that they they show those locations in finder i it's kind of it's almost like why even bother because you're already abstracting so much why are you even telling me yeah and putting them in, in this like icloud drive section um when they're acting in the same way as they were before like i feel like they could have just put an icon next to it or, or something like yeah. that um, and kept it as normal because when you enable it it takes your desktop and your documents folder out of your user moves it. folder um, and moves it into this like abstract area in the system like i think in like the library folder or something like that um, and then re-exposes it to you in the finder in like a separate area which is maybe it was a technical reason but it's like they went through so much work to make it seem like the same thing as before why i don't know i feel like they could have just kept yeah. it like that um i, I don't know it, it's not good um beyond like, being able to access things i don't rely a lot on icloud drive um it's mainly if i'm like out and you, like i'm on my phone and i want to look up a file or yeah, something want like a that. file yeah yeah I will also say iCloud Drive does not like having multiple com- multiple computers uploading their documents. So if I had like one thing of documents oh, on my MacBook Air and one, it just adds another subsection that's documents hyphen MacBook Air, and then it tacks that on as opposed to merging it all together. Which I can understand why they do it because some people don't want it merged, but then give the person that option of like do you want to merge these or do you not want to merge these and like i don't know but so obviously we've got gripes with both with you know all of these drive solutions what do you because i'm guessing you've done some research so what are kind of your possible solutions that you're thinking about um i mean like i mentioned i think it's a mass i I think it's like a synology um and then using that for 
really like to store everything like full backup of all my files my whole computer all of lewis's files his computer full-time machine backups because i want them to be bootable and then i i think like archiving like tons of stuff like making sure like i want to go and download all of the public feed versions of our podcast right just to have them and have them backed up or like like i said storing Actually, um, having podcasts there would be great because they take up a lot of room. Yep. Or, like, going back and storing um, all of, like, the my dad's music library and stuff like that. Just to have it there if I ever need it, like, or, like, if I get into an artist, like, from back in the day and I can go grab, like, those files and stuff like that from yeah, old versions of iTunes. Yeah. Or, or stream it and then eventually one day I'll go to play it and it'll be grayed out. Or I don't know if you have this issue with Apple Music or... Yeah, use Apple Music. Um, sometimes I'll be like shuffling songs and I'll hit next and it will just skip over a song and go to the next one. And then I'll try to back up and it'll do the same thing. It just thing. won't play it. It just won't play it. But if I go to the song directly, I can play it, but it will like fail in the moment. And then I've had songs gray out because of licensing things or they like change in the back end. And then all of a sudden they're back one day. Um, but like the album art works different or it went from a single to like part of the album or the album went to like a deluxe or something like that, like stuff like that. And it's like, it, it kind of drives me crazy. Um, especially cause like, well, yeah, cause it just I, doesn't propagate. Through. I really like try to maintain my library and be good about my library. So I, which maybe I, I don't know if I'm an outlier. I'm probably an outlier, uh, in that respect. Like I, but I find it endlessly frustrating. And so like I've been kind of whenever I buy stuff from Amazon, you know, the option to delay like your shipping sometimes and they'll give you like a dollar credit or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So what I'll, if I um, see that option, I'll do it. I'll save up the credit and then I'll just go buy the MP3 versions of songs, like whatever songs I'm listening to at the moment. Uh, with all the oh. credit and then I just go bring them into iTunes and delete the Apple Music ones um, huh yeah the only downside is you can't see lyrics and right. the way especially on the phone like if I'm playing an album and if you you know how if you click on that the artist's name it'll take you to their page right in mm-hmm. Apple Music that doesn't work consistently um, with weird. with local files or files that have been uploaded uh to apple music from your from your huh. computer um again probably me being an outlier or <laughs> maybe having like uh an older style of music music library management but no i think that's fair yeah it i don't know it's just frustrating and so that's like another thing right like having all those things or like i had at one point in high school i got like a bunch of like cds from like the early 2000s and i just bought them used because they were like a dollar and i was like instead of buying the songs i just bought the cds ripped them at full quality and Mm -hmm. i just zipped them up um and i have like a bunch of them that i just have stored or like um i used to do that with the library i'd go to the library find the cds that i really really liked borrow them ripped them (laughs) gave them back and i didn't pay i didn't pay a dime for that music that's smart i never did that i just uh i was kind of good uh and didn't pirate too many things i would only pirate stuff that i couldn't buy or like 
yeah i couldn't like buy from yeah. anywhere so like i would rip it off of youtube or like unreleased songs or sometimes there would be weird things where like you could only buy a song as part of the album and i didn't care yeah. to buy the album so right. i would just go find the song and, and pirate it but um yeah definitely something to be said for still having things local um and like uh, continuing with that there's no button in apple music to download all of my library to my phone in one like action that's really annoying. you can't do it the only the best way i fi- ever figured out how to do it is you just take on your computer you go into the music app you create a playlist you drag all your songs into the playlist and then you go back over to the phone once the playlist syncs over and like updates and then you hit the download button because there's an option to download the whole playlist and then it will go right. through and it, it, even that doesn't work a hundred percent of the time perfectly um, yeah but really annoying stuff like that like have it local there's no reason not to this this phone should be have as much space taken up as possible either by my photos or my music uh a hundred percent why music, not yeah. and it's and photos like, yeah keep a reserve obviously like i understand keep it keep a reserve for doing system updates and having space available and it can purge like my my photos or my music as needed the local copies if other stuff takes up the space but like why is it not using all the storage all the time yeah because i I know it can for that i thought there was an option for it um it's not granular enough and it's more for photos you can do it with photos um now you got me one to look all right let's see photos i know there's optimized storage but that's automatically remove music yes that's what it is yep god damn it and then with photos you have download and keep originals but like that downs downloads them and like fills up the whole phone but it doesn't purge them if it needs to which it may need to um see this is just that's just what what okay maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe that's not what it's doing and maybe the explanation isn't clear enough um I'm looking. That's still annoying, though. Like, I just, I don't understand it. Yeah, like, I have optimized storage off for music, and I have automatic downloads on, and I only have 18 and a half gigs of music, which is a lot of my music. I have 18, too. But it's it's not all of it, um, by far. Oh, yeah, no, I have a lot more. Those Lord of the Rings uh, complete soundtracks, that's a lot. Like, there are whole albums that just, like, I'm scrolling through. Yeah, just like aren't downloaded or like random songs that like didn't get. <sighs> Definitely. Sorry, annoying. I'm just scrolling through. I'm seeing some songs that are grayed out. I'm seeing a duplicate of like some Beyonce songs for whatever reason. One downloaded locally and then one saying it's from the cloud. Like, but I. I Beyonce know. is both on your device and all around you. I just don't. I just don't understand it. Um yeah it's it's wonky so are you gonna get an ass then um i'm like undecided on it i i've been mm-hmm. playing around with it for like a few months i don't like thing is like i don't really want to put it on my desk because i just don't want to hear it or deal with it yeah and perpetually then spinning. i don't have like another great spot to put it um yeah like i just want it totally hidden out of the way um 
Yeah. NASA's are really good if you have got like a garage or a basement. Um, and we kind of get some of that from the ATP Tech podcast. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. where everybody puts theirs. But um, yeah, it's not ideal because my dad has a Lacey uh, network access storage on his desk. Mm-hmm. And he'll just be sitting there working on his photos. And my dad is a surprisingly patient man when it comes to his photography because let me tell you, those spinning discs. <laughs> And I'm like, Dad, how is that not annoying you? He's like, what? I don't hear anything. Are you kidding me, Dad? (laughs) You don't hear that, but you just like, you automatically know that we didn't make our beds and it's six in the morning. (laughs) You know what's funny? When I was younger, uh, when I heard computers make that noise, I thought it was like the electronic portions of the computer making that noise. I didn't. I don't think I knew what a it hard drive was. Though, right? So I thought it was like just the computer just like making these noises and like I don't yeah. know the like the electricity flowing through it. I mean, which is technically what it is. Kind of what's happening, yeah. Making mechanical action driven by it, but um yeah, I thought it was a bit more like like almost like solid state, like imagine a solid state drive making those noises. And that's I think what I thought it was at the time. That is terrifying. Can you imagine a solid state drive making those noise? You're like, yo, this thing is coming alive. Um, but yeah, no, I don't want it anywhere in the bedroom. We already have, I already, if we get this, it would actually solve a problem I have now where uh, there's a drive hooked up to Lucy's iMac that all the computers back up to, and it's always spinning up. Um, just, I mean, it's basically acting as a, as a NAS on some level. Um, yeah. It's just like a, I don't know it's like four terabytes so it's a little bit small it's not redundant um mm-hmm. i i don't know i think i got it on black friday one year because it was cheap so um yeah i soon maybe um it's kind of on my project list uh something i would like to uh, do to some tackle um, at some point you could always go the super expensive route and get an m1 mac mini and connect a couple hard drives to it and use that as like a remote desktop connection like base have all your macs connect to it and store your files there but i mean i don't really need that that's like kind of overkill um i know that's why i said it's a super expensive option <laughs> i mean i maybe if i was doing like and it gets you an m1 mac and stuff like that um yeah but no i uh, i think Luz could do all of his uh rendering on the mac mini <laughs> remotely um I think what I would do, it what would push me over the edge is if I went uh, either back home or to my grandparents again, and because I want to grab both of those photo libraries, and then uh, I can't remember if I have all my dad's music. I have all of our home videos like that he uh, imported from somehow like converted. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I don't know if I have the music. So like that stuff, um, I would love to to have it and have it backed up because the the videos and the if I do have the music are just on a uh, like a portable drive on my desk here. It's mm-hmm. not hooked up. It just sits there. But it's not backed up anywhere. I mean, they have a copy at their house, but it's not backed up anywhere else. Right. Um, so. Yeah, that would probably push me over the edge, but like I've been slowly meandering my way in this direction, and I am close to committing uh, more than anything. But 
I could see that. Still holding I think off. it's one of those things that if I got a bigger apartment or my own place kind of a thing or like a home, I would definitely get a network access storage. I like knowing me, especially when I get to the point where I'm starting my own family and I've got my own kids and everything. Um, I'm definitely going to be taking a lot of pictures. I, uh, as a, you know, even now, uh, looking back and the fact that my dad did take a lot of film photos and that there are tangible photo albums that I can go through and that Mudley can go through, but sadly, a lot of Manisha's pictures are were on a corrupted hard drive and so we'll never get them back because they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to see that and then, unfortunately, like, Manisha just doesn't have as many. Um, there's a real value to keeping a lot of photos around because it's just, it's nice. Everybody's home. You open up an album and then all of a sudden, all of these stories start pouring out and mm-hmm. it's just, it's beautiful and amazing and wonderful. And yeah. Yep. No. So, well, I think more to come, um, but in time, I think it's a time. longer, a little bit of a longer term project in my mind. We'll um, be nassing it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. What do you got this week? What's your uh, what's your cool shit? All right, so well, I could break out into a bit of a Monty Python. That's not Monty Python. Um, so uh, Monty Python. I I genuinely love comedians, and I think recently uh, I well, I can also touch on this, but I think recently I have started to appreciate what comedians do and their approach to just creating and storytelling and writing. And Monty Python, I think, is a fantastic example of just absolute absurdity that's relatable. And John Cleese is one of the folks who co-created Monty Python. And I was listening to a podcast with him and Conan, and he wrote a short book called Creativity by John Cleese. And it's on Amazon. It is is 12 bucks or 14 bucks. It is cheap. Like, you can go to Barnes & Noble's and it is $15. Really short. I read it in about an hour. And if you had to condense... Um, a good chunk of design school, at least from a deep philosophical perspective on how to approach creativity and why professors approach things a certain way, this book does a really good job of it. It does an awesome job condensing a lot of information into a tangible format that you're like, oh shit, okay, cool, like that's why they did this or that's why these ideas come to me during this time. Um, Honestly, it's like one of those books that I think you should absolutely have perpetually reread over and over and over again. If you have a significant other, a loved one, a friend that's creative, fun little book to give them. Um, there are lovely little lemur illustrations everywhere. Honestly, it's it was just it was a beautiful read. It was a great read. Um, it was amazing. Don't. Yeah, no, I, I was looking at it earlier. I mean, for for that price and like you showed it to me, it's super thin and quick. I yeah. I I think that's like probably the biggest thing if it's like super direct because there's a couple of books i've read and it's just like so much fluff like i feel like it could just be <laughs> like cut by like two-thirds or a third um yes tbt to to what is yeah. design i just showed him a book of yeah what is a designer by norman potter we oh, started to God. read that and got like a chapter in. i found it so dense and like not engaging at all um, I, don't know. I, mean, I haven't read it in yeah. a while though, so maybe I would feel different. I might appreciate now. it now, yeah. Um, cool. Alrighty. All right, what cool shit you got? I have, okay. So, you know, when you go to, you go to the, the carnival or the movie theater and the popcorn always slaps and you're like, why is this mm-hmm. popcorn so good? 
Well, the reason, there's a couple reasons. First is um, they kind of use like this butter flavored coconut oil um, to, to cook the popcorn and pop it itself. But then they add this stuff, which is called Flavicol. And it's like, it is just like the most like disgusting man-made creation. It's like neon yellow. Um, it's like really oh, super fine. That That's sense. like that color, right? And you always get that coating. It's like super fine powdered salt with like some like butter flavoring and all this other stuff. Totally terrible for you. I'm not. I'm not advocating it for it from a health level. But oh my god, it's I so just good. At the sodium it's amounts. so good. Um, and serving size of one teaspoon, a hundred and fourteen percent of your sodium intake. But I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, it, it it's traumatizing actually. Uh, how much how much sodium is in it? Um, but if you get like um, like we have popcorn actually like all the time, and we just got another mm-hmm. one. Uh, it's not called Flavicol. It's a similar vein. Um, it's, oh, caramel glaze. And it, it doesn't taste like like caramel itself. Um, eh, a little uh-huh. bit, but it's kind of like kettle corn. Um, so same same family and same concept. It's like a, a seasoning that you, mm. in this case, cook the popcorn with instead of adding it on after. Um, but we, we get the just like popcorn kernels and... You can get on Amazon like these silicone uh, like popcorn bowls that pop up with a lid. You throw them in there. You get some of that that butter, either really any oil you want to use, whether it's the flavored one or a plain one. Pop it, add the flavicol on, and it's it literally tastes like a like a carnival or the movie theater. It's so good. Um, I highly recommend it. It's like and it'll last you forever. Like the carton's like ten bucks, but literally it you'll probably die before you use all of them. Right. So probably. honestly, scarier if you finish it. Um, and I'm going to be really concerned <laughs> the one day when we finish it because I'm going to realize how much salt we've had from it. <laughs> um, You're going to need a lot of working out to get that out of your system. Yeah, seriously. So um, it's a fun treat, really easy to make, um, and definitely fills that that void now that like no one's, or no one's going to carnivals or to movie theaters yeah. at all. Um, so if you, you have craved that at all, highly recommend it. Uh, you will not be disappointed. I'm go, go, dear. Oh, Lord. What if I get it? <laughs> but that's it. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's our cool shit. And uh, those were our main topics. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, our social media links are in the show notes. So you can hit up Alex and myself on the Amazon's amazons the twitters and the instas um music is by lewis you can hit him up on instagram as well uh definitely check his stuff out he's doing some great work and as always please vote if you have not registered to vote please go do so um i know the elections have just passed but not a bad thing to always stay on top of people are turning 18 every single day so hit it up go get that vote in registration done um and yeah that's our show so thank you for listening bye bye catch you in the next one uh i'm looking again i still have the tab up i really could you see how easy it is like 
to go down. Oh no no, I know. Trust me, I I I know that. I've I've there has been many a moment where I'm like, oh, it'd be so nice to just get a car, then I don't have to worry about driving to and from my parents. I could go to Costco, do all of these different things. Yes, Costco. Oh my god. Yeah. You, I didn't even realize how much. Yeah, I and it's, especially if you get an SUV, you can you literally have to go maybe what once every six eight weeks pack on frozen stuff and you literally never need to get takeout ever again because their frozen food is just so damn good um yeah i i can definitely see why you spend so much time like i would part of me would also love to just get a if i didn't go electric i would either need to get a multi hundred thousand dollar vintage car that had like amazing internals and everything was hand stitched or maybe like a Volkswagen Golf, you know, mm-hmm. two complete opposite ends of the same spectrum. Oh, I like but... the Golf. I well, they they're fully replacing it with the E Golf. I think I saw the other day. Like they they discontinued the gas model, and it's fully getting replaced. They did. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, or they're planning oh to my, this year uh, when they bring the E Golf. Or the ID. In. It was the ID four, right? Oh, maybe it was the ID4. I, I can't remember. Yeah. There's so many different so the thing is, so that, names. Right? But this actually kind of goes back to the thing I was talking about um, when I was talking about why I see a lot of automakers going down the, um, what's it called, uh, the SUV route. So there's an ID3 and there's an ID4. So the ID3 feels more like a direct replacement for the Golf, which is more of like the fun, tiny hatchback. Mm-hmm. And then the ID4 is like that awkward crossover between a car and a SUV, um, like the Subaru Forester. So it's like a little bit higher, but like kind of awkwardly proportioned. And the ID4 is the only one that's coming to the U.S., but Europe is getting both the ID3 and the ID4, and it kind of makes me sad because I wish it was the ID3. Hmm. Okay. I didn't realize that that the rollouts, like I said, are so inconsistent across like it's what models are coming, over. when it's they're garbage. coming. Um, yeah, I find it a little frustrating to keep track of them all. Sorry, I'm just huh. I'm you know spinning surprisingly the golf. But honestly, the Golf GTIs actually hold their value pretty well. Um, like a 2012 model is around 14K, but you start to look at something uh, a little, like I think the most expensive one that they have, highest price, is 16K, and that's from 2014. So they actually surprisingly hold their, their value up pretty, pretty well. Hmm. That's actually not bad. Hmm. Okay, I'm closing the tab. I need to, to not tempt myself like that. No, Alex. I'm telling no. you the wrong the wrong night. I'm gonna be looking at it and I'm gonna do it and then I'm gonna be like, oh my god, now I have to pay like a six hundred dollar car payment and that's just not gonna be. 